I'm Chancellor Ralph Ford, and you are listening to Baron Talks. Today I have a special Mr. Tim Nicastro. Tim is the President and Chief Executive Officer of Erie Insurance. We're going to talk a lot about Erie Insurance. They need no introduction. They are a Fortune 500 company and one of the top insurance companies in the country. Welcome here, Tim. Hey, Ralph. It's good to be here today, even in this virtual way. Well, thanks for joining. You know, we haven't seen each other that much, but I've seen you on a few Zoom calls here and there. Likewise. <laughs> I can't wait till uh, we get back at it, Ralph. Me too. You know, I'm I'm in my office here today, and I've been here a while. Things are going well on campus, but that's not what we're here to talk about. I just want to take a moment, Tim. I am going to go through your bio, so if you'll be patient, uh, let me just talk a little bit about you. You joined Erie Insurance in 19... 19- 96, as I said, you are the president and chief executive officer. You serve on the boards of the American Property Casualty Insurance Association, the Insurance Information Institute, the Erie Regional Chamber and Growth Partnership, and the board of UPMC Hammett. Very importantly, you are a founding board member and president of the Erie Downtown Development Corporation's board of directors. Uh, Erie Insurance is now the largest employer in Erie County with more than 3,000 employees right here in the home office. So a little background for our listeners, but I'm going to start with a question, Tim. Just, you know, you grew up here in Erie, right, in Little Italy, and, uh, yep. have, uh, you know, become the, the chief executive of our most influential company. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got there? What was your path to CEO? Oh, boy, Ralph, I, I wish I could tell you that I woke up one day and said, hey, you 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 are going to make it to be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. But it really wasn't like that. It really was um, focusing on uh, doing a good job in each one of the jobs that I had along the way in my career. Um, and so admittedly, some of them were better than others. Um, but I think, you know, when I think about the actual actual promotion to this job, it really had to do with, with what was needed in the organization at that point in time. And really the matching the leader's style and skills to to you know, what the call to action is, uh, is really how I ended up here. I, I mean, I've worked hard. I've had a lot of uh, diverse experience. I worked at a plastics company. I worked in public accounting. Um, I, I've seen a lot of businesses over time. It's helped me uh, understand our business. Um, but also, uh, for me, this was an important passion. The reason it became important to, to even consider um, trying to get the role really is because my, my value system is so consistent with the organization's value system. And so uh, it is a great place to work. And, and uh, it, as I said, I was, I was as surprised as anybody. I had friends call me and they said, I can't believe you got this job. Like they, they knew me years ago. Like, <laughs> hey, I've worked hard for it. So. No, and indeed you did. And, you know, I think that's the story that we hear from many people who, who lead organizations. And I'd say similar thing myself. I never thought I'd end up uh, in this position, but it's happenstance, working hard and some good fortune. Now, a little bit of uh, congratulations. Uh, as you know, we just had a large announcement between our two organizations. Uh, yes. Yeah, so Penn State University and Penn State Barron have had a long and uh, really valuable and close partnership with Erie Insurance. And you were just named, and we had the news released last week, Erie Insurance is the Penn State University-wide 2020 Corporate Partner of the Year. So I want to congratulate you and thank you for all that you do. 
Hey, Ralph, I would say we we both should be included in that. Congratulations. Um, you know, I'm so I'm so delighted as I as I took this role and began to study our relationship with the local universities. Uh, clearly, what we do with Penn State Barron and what Penn State Barron, uh, the, you know, the kind of there's a there's a uh, collateral value that we gain from one another, and there's a lot of synergy between our organizations. Uh, this, to me, uh, you, know, you know, it's it's been years in the making that we are that corporate partner, uh, but I, I couldn't be more excited about it. Well, you know, thank you. I mean, I think both of us have worked uh, closely together, but truly it's our predecessors, it's all the people in our organizations who've worked so hard over many years to make this a reality. Those folks at Erie Insurance, the number in the hundreds, like over 300, I think, uh, alumni of, of, of Penn State Barron, and as you know, we serve in various capacities with, with the university. It's great experience for our people, and I think that they're genuinely, I think they're making a difference in helping helping Penn State also at the same time, so it's a, it is a win-win. They do, and you know, uh, Ann Scott, your director of community outreach, if I got the title right there, is the vice chair yes. of our board of directors, and uh, her input and, and uh, advice to us is so valuable, and uh, someday my guess is she'll be the, the chairperson in the not-too-distant future. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you talked about the commitment uh, of your employees to Barron, but the local universities. Um, Seems obvious to us, maybe, but I think it'd be good for people to hear your perspective. Why is that connection to the universities uh, so important to what Erie Insurance is trying to achieve? Yeah, Ralph, I, I would say, you know, from a community standpoint, I mean, obviously, our, our number one job is to make sure our company is is solid and strong, well capitalized. So uh, we don't take that for granted, and if, if you know, we we stay focused on that. But to what end? I guess is how we think about things. We are a good corporate citizen. We're good. We're a good uh, a company to deal with for our customers and our agents and our and our employees. But our communities are also important to us, and particularly the you know the Erie community. The well-being of the community is essential to us uh, as a big employer. We want to we want to be able to assure uh, assure ourselves that we have an ample supply of, of talent coming in that's comfortable living in Erie, Pennsylvania, and views it as a, as a great place to be. Um, but it's also a responsibility that I guess has a little more personal for me. Um, I think about the program, uh, the Accelerate program that, that uh, we announced, uh, I think it almost, God, well, was it almost two years ago? I think so, yeah. Well, you know, jointly uh, with the generous matching of Penn State, uh, we were able to grow a $1.5 million commitment into, if I'm not mistaken, it was $4 million in total. That's correct. And yeah, and the personal part for me is I grew up, as you mentioned, in Little Italy, um, in in a, in a good neighborhood, a solid neighborhood, but a, but you know economically disadvantaged neighborhood. And so I think about how how was I able to um, you know make my way, make my way to where I am, and not 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 that it was my mission, but the fact is I had a lot of people that cared about me enough to invest in me back then. And I think the Accelerate program it takes an at-risk population of people who might not otherwise make it into a university, let alone be able to stay and, and, and cut it through the second and third years, and says, hey, this group of people is really important, and they're, they're equally smart, equally talented, but they don't have the mentorship. They don't have the role model to show them how to do this. And that investment, to me, is, is kind of providing them the same type of mentorship I had. We, we didn't call it mentorship. I called it Uncle Joe back in the day. Um, but you get the point. I mean, it's, it's important to invest in, in our youth 
um, as a means of making making an improvement to the quality of life for everybody. And so we're excited that that's part of the fabric of what I think will make Erie, Pennsylvania a great place is how steadfastly committed we are to improving uh, improving all sectors uh, of our population. Well, so well said, and we're early on in the program, but we're seeing good results, but we've got to reach back way down into the pipeline. And I often like to say, you know, talent is equally distributed. There are smart people everywhere. We just need to give them the opportunity, as you said, the mentoring that, actually made you difference in your life and mine and so many others. That's the way that it works. Yeah. There's nothing like that. Absolutely. The, the, uh, you know, I wanted to just reflect back on an earlier point you made about the values of the company. You know, one of Erie's commitments, I mean, it's just so clear. You look on the website, but whenever you talk to your employees, the dedications to it, it's serving your customers and your employees, your, I think you've had the same uh, statement for a long time, service above all. And mm-hmm. that seems to me to really guide what you're doing in the company. Yeah. Well, when I, I uh, do onboarding, when we have new employees, we have an orientation program. I get to speak to them. I tell them I'm probably the only one uh, in the uh, CEO in the Fortune 500 who will tell you that our number one mission isn't to make money. It's not, not to lose money by any means. I want to make sure I say this the right way. Uh, we, we do need to make money to stay healthy, but our top priority is doing the right thing and being above all in service. That guides our that guides our thinking on really how we design our operations, the types of things we want to bring into the marketplace, how we how we develop relationships, and even you know more recently, I'd say in the past couple of decades, the the focus on our communities as a really extremely important thing uh, to our organization. At first, I think it started out as something that was brand-oriented, like we want to be known as a good corporate citizen because we are doing good things. But over time, I think I, I know the passion has grown, and there's a, there's a uh, there's a growing segment of our employee population who want avenues to support their communities. And so it's a it's a it's a wonderful thing when we we can help organize and create mechanisms for our employees to participate in community development uh, throughout all the ranks of the organization. And we're going to continue to make those investments. They're, they're important to our employees. They're important to us. And they're, they're part of that value system for, for Erie. Well, it's been really tremendous, the commitment that you've made. And I just want to switch to that. The, the, you know, the Erie community, as we know, we all, we all love it, but it's struggled to adapt and move forward. And it's, I'll say, social and economic development in recent decades. But we've seen improvement in the last several years with investments in downtown, development on the bayfront, and the transition to a new economy. And Erie Insurance is playing a leading role. You're leading the charge down there with the Erie Downtown Development Corporation in many other ways, like the Accelerate program with us. But I wanted to ask this question. You've been so visible and such an important part of it. What prompted you know you as CEO and Erie Insurance to play such a large role in this transformation? Yeah. Well, if I could answer that in two words, if I wanted to be funny, I would say Tom Hagen. Mm-hmm. And, and most people know who Tom is in our community. He's our chairman of the board. And he, he's been very active and very interested in, in helping Erie regain its footing and its luster, bring it back. Um, and he had the insight, uh, even as we were going through the uh, recruiting process when I was interviewing for the job, to talk about this aspect, this very aspect. What was our role in the community? And he was very keenly interested in that. Um, and so, uh, but, but, you know, I think our, our role, 
I guess, as we looked at it, looked at our organization, we said we are emerging as the largest employer. Uh, we, we pay a really good wage to our employees. Uh, we're stable. We have never had a layoff in the company's history. We don't intend to ever have a layoff in the company's history. But that strong foundation uh, also, you know, imposes some weight on us. Like, listen, we, we are a pillar in this community. So what is our responsibility here? And one one way we could have addressed our responsibility is to say we're just going to open the purse a little bit more. We have you know we could we could put more capital into this community, and we have put a fair amount in. So I'm not 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 balking at what we have done. We could we could have done more, and we we still will be doing more. But what we tried to do more than anything else was be a convener, uh, be a, be an organization that that invited others to participate, and others across different segments. You know, colleges and universities are a big part of this recovery. The philanthropic sector is, the nonprofit sector is, certainly businesses are, and government is. We we were kind of uniquely positioned with relationships across all those fronts to bring people to the table and say, hey, look, this is important, and now's the time. That, to me, was more important than the capital uh, part of it, although the capital was important as well. And as you know, we, we went through a process of, of uh, raising funds in Erie Downtown Development Corp. to, to be able to lend money to uh, the development organization, the development part of that organization, uh, to acquire properties and, and restore them as part of the recovery plan. Um, but the, I really felt, and, and Tom did too. This is we were we were galvanized in this point that we had a role to play and we needed to execute on it. We've been building out our capabilities in that regard uh, over the past couple of years, and I'm, I'm really delighted. I know you have a relationship at the chamber with with Chris Marsh. Uh, Chris, Chris is the person who takes up that role uh, in community and econ- she's vice president of community and economic development uh, for the organization and does a splendid job. Yeah, I mean, so many Chris, Chris is wonderful to work with. She's there all the time, uh, patiently working with all these groups. But that was such a smart decision. You can bring money to the table. But I, I heard you say you needed other committed partners. And it's not about money. Although you're asking others to do that, which makes sense. But once they do that, they invest their time and their people. So they have a real commitment to it. Us included here at Penn State, at Penn State Barron. Yep. Everybody has a role, you know, Ralph. And, and I think part of it was, you know, like, I have heard uh, political figures say, we want to run this like a business. And in some respects, yeah, that's what we're trying to do here, here in Erie, Pennsylvania. But it's not, it's not a business. It's a community. And so the decisions don't have to be uh, motivated by finances or anything. It's got to be motivated by how, how how do we raise the whole community up? And you can't get there without balancing the interests and bringing them to the table. And I think that's that's what's unique about Erie uh, and, and, and how we're doing this. It's also what gives me a lot of optimism. Um, this isn't like the, um, you know, the, the rich people are taking over or anything like that. We're investing very thoughtfully uh, to do things that are going to serve all the, all the population here in Erie. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what you, you see as a larger groups. There's a broader coalition that just continues to get involved. Well, let me switch to the Opportunity Zone funding. Erie Insurance has created, I believe, a $50 million Opportunity Zone fund to invest yep. not only in Erie and other communities. And, uh, you know, it's, it, that investment is, is starting to pay off in Erie. Can you just tell people who may not know what, what are Opportunity Zones? What's this funding about? Yeah, so the, the federal, um, and I, I'm not going to go through the whole timeline, but just at a very high level, federal government created a program where in designated areas that met certain criteria, 
uh, really income-based criteria, uh, like so the most impoverished territories would be opportunity zones, or the most blighted territories in, in cities would be opportunity zones. The opportunity zones are an investment vehicle where corporations and individuals can say, I'm, gonna, I'm going, going to invest in an opportunity zone, and as a consequence of doing so, or, or, or I'm sorry, I'm going to invest in, in it by uh, using my capital gains money and defer the taxes on the capital gains. So essentially, it's a tax-advantaged investment. And the reason it's important to the recovery efforts is because investors who might not otherwise be able to get a return on an after-tax basis get a higher return on a before-tax basis or when when it's tax-free like this one is intended to be. So there are advantages to our organization, but clearly they're not the highest return investments, but they're consistent with our our stance that we're taking to try and redevelop Erie. The reason we're we're extending it beyond Erie is to to balance the portfolio of risk out. Uh, We have a lot of of eggs in the downtown basket right now, and our investment committee thought it would be prudent to to, to utilize some of the funds outside of the market. But it's interesting, uh, you know, the local investment that we're making has also spurred outside interest. And so recently uh, we had an organization by the name of Arcteris, which is a community impact investor in Opportunity Zone funds. Uh, caught wind of what we were doing here in Erie. And honestly, our Erie, Erie Pennsylvania marketplace, largely due to the efforts of some uh, some attorneys and the folks from EDDC, we are, we are squarely on the map as a leader in Opportunity Zone fund uh, utilization. Uh, we designed the, you know, we designed the funds, we, we talked to the folks from Washington, and we really got out in front of this thing because we realized it was a tremendous opportunity for us. And so we're excited about it. The, the Opportunity Zone Fund uh, that we have partnered with Arcteris, and we're going to pr- uh, provide a large portion of the funding for the redevelopment of the, the block on 5th uh, between State and Peach and 5th and 4th, uh, the former home of the McDonald's on 5th and State, that, that whole block. So we're excited about that. And EDDC thus far uh, is situated where they've acquired virtually all the property that they need for the, for the fund that they, they've raised, the first fund, and have enough capital to redevelop all the properties that they've acquired. So I'm very, very optimistic that, you know, things are going to happen. This kind of defeatist attitude that many Erieites have, like, oh, that'll never work here. We, that, that's not going to happen. I'm, I want to say to them, I'm convinced this is going to happen this time. And I'm really excited about it, energized by it. And uh, a lot of people are. And coming back to our earlier discussion, you need people, you need you need heavy involvement from the community. And there are a lot of people that, that now understand what's going to happen and, and, are, and are very confident that it's, it's going to take hold for us. It It is happening. It's even continuing through the pandemic. I saw very recently that they announced uh, that the food hall is moving forward, which is a key part of it, and uh, vendors that are coming in, and there's there's much more to it than that. So when will people like physically see something? Because that changes a lot of minds as well. When will they start to be able to go down there and see some of the changes themselves? Yeah, I mean, right now, if you drove around downtown, you would see physical changes occurring. A lot of, a lot of work is going on on buildings downtown. But to be able to actually park your car, um, or, or better yet, park your bicycle and go into something new. <clears throat> that will probably that will that will likely be between April and June of next year when that food that food hall, the flagship city food hall, opens. And then well, from that, there, we're going to see a, you know, we're going to see a cascading series of, of buildings being developed that kind of adjacent there. 
and we're going to essentially transform uh, four blocks in downtown. Wow. It is, you know, we've got, as uh, the external consultant said, Charles Buki, we've got great bones in this town, and there are really a lot of uh, good buildings that just need some some help. And like you said, yep. it's it's drawing outside investment. Yep. People from around the country are seeing this. It's not just PR. They're bringing their dollars here. Yep. You know, one of the reasons our, our terrace is a social impact investor, I just want to make that uh, that point once more. One of the things that, just a kind of a spoiler alert, I'm not going to let, let it out of the bag who it is, but we are very close to also having a, a uh, grocery store, a full-scale grocery store, move into uh, the, pro- the EDDC properties downtown as well. That should be coming online toward the end of next year, uh, which is huge in terms of access to food in downtown. Uh, the area has been designated a food desert. It's largely because there, while there is food there, there aren't very many options and there are not very many healthy options. And so we're really trying to shore that up, kind of coming back serving all in the community. Uh, many impoverished people live in downtown. Well, that's a that's a real that's a real wow. That's a big game changer. Well, I want to switch to another related announcement, uh, which is uh, a commitment to Erie by a company called International Recycling Group uh, to create a hundred million dollar plastic recycling plant here in Erie, the largest of its kind in the country. And uh, Erie Insurance and your you're another good partner of yours, Plastec, who you used to work for, have invested $9 million in that project. What motivated you? You know, Ralph, for years, uh, Erie has been out there trying to recruit new businesses, and we just have not, not been able to be that productive at it. It's not that no businesses have come here, but, but uh, nothing of scale, uh, really, that would replace the hammer mills or, or the, you know, the Lord corporations, the businesses that have, have moved to other, other parts of the country. Um, so we're, we're trying to stimulate interest in the, in the community. And so looking at, looking at opportunities, we, we set up an intake process for people that want to invest in Erie and may need some economic support or, or some capital to get that done. And it's, it's really, it's part of our opportunity zone operation. And so we've been, we've been vetting a number of different opportunities. This one was interesting because it tied so closely to the uh, concentration of plastics in the area. And some of the you know, some some of the processes here will reclaim uh, byproducts of plastics production. I'm not and I'm not the most technical person in the plastics industry, but we the due diligence we we did said that this organization uh, you know has potential to grow to a terrific scale, and we need to take more chances like that in a community like Erie uh, because tomorrow uh, tomorrow's future really de- depends on it. Yeah, there. You know, and I've been really involved with them as well, and uh, it's a really interesting technology that has promised to really uh, or to uh, minimize the amount of plastics we have in our environment, and that goes into the landfill. It's it's still stunning how much of plastics goes into our landfill, and it's a it's a material that is hard to replace. It has a lot of value. You know, Erie yep. is a Erie doesn't think of itself this way, but it really is a college town. And uh, with the number of universities we have here, how important is that to what you're trying to do? But the, the revitalization efforts. Yeah, Ralph, I, I'd say this: you know, when going back to accelerate, it was a component. It was a segment of the population, the age segment, that we needed to make sure uh, is well educated. Uh, United Way is focused on community schools at the at the you know at the primary level, and really at every step of the step of the way, education is the key to success. 
And if, if don't, I mean, not even in terms of just financial success, but the, the more educated people are, the more likely they are to have a good quality of life. And that's what this is all about. The universities put a punctuation mark on that. I mean, is in terms of uh, in terms of uh, creating opportunities for people, it, it, hopefully many of whom will stay here, but some of whom uh, may not. But the fact that they're here also is is uh, is helpful in the recruiting process. I mean, I mentioned some of the other things, the partnerships we have with, with Penn State, Barron. But aside from that, just the fact that we have a prestigious university like that uh, resident here, and the other universities are Indiana, Mercyhurst, and Edinburgh. It, when people think about relocating to work at our company or work, work in Erie, period, it's important that they, they feel that there's an avenue for people to educate and better themselves. I, I think that's a, that's a huge thing. And I also think the, the thought leadership that comes out of the universities is important. They create excitement and interest, you know, the, 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 um, the zeal for innovation, you know, the quest for what's new, leaning into tomorrow. Uh, the, the youth at the universities are the ones that, that have that enthusiasm. And they help you know, older codgers like me get excited about that stuff too. I learn a lot from from the youth. So, you know, I think that the universities are are fundamental. They are foundational to the to this area, and we need to continue to invest in them and continue to make sure that they're healthy. Um, I don't mind a little rivalry between them, but I, I like the fact that the universities also, I think, are working working together at an all time high as well. Yeah, we really are, and the, everyone knows what's at stake and you made a really good point though I'll, I'll say about the students what what we really know now is that our students who are largely you know bachelor's and master's degree students at our universities here they can make a real contribution to the companies that they work in so what I love about the accelerate program is not only does it provide scholarships and mentoring and uh, that that we that we're funding between our two organizations but we're funding students to go work in startup companies I think that was that was important to area insurance when we put this together. Absolutely, that spirit of entrepreneurialism is no, nowhere more evident than in our youth, and we got to fuel it. You know, yeah, it's crucial. Well, we've got about uh, just uh, under five minutes left here. I'd like to just talk a little bit about uh, Erie Insurance and uh, you know how COVID nineteen uh, has impacted you. You're building a hundred thirty five million dollar office complex on East Sixth Street provide more space yep. for workers. Uh, you know, can you tell us, you know, when will that building be completed and how has COVID impacted your thinking? Did you design it? Did you get the design right with this whole new world we're in? I'd love to hear what you, what's going on there. Yeah. Well, I'd love to tell you that we had prognosticated the pandemic and we built our new office tower uh, fully, fully equipped and ready for a pandemic uh, workforce. Um, uh, the point is, or the fact is, that's that's you know not true. No, there there are, and we've we've evaluated many options for returning people to work, um, and we're we're certainly anxious to do that. Uh, maybe I back up a little bit. In March, um, I I think it was March 13th, March 14th, somewhere in that neck of the woods. Um, we we very quickly decided that we needed to mobilize and send our workforce remote. Um, so we did that. We sent 3,500 employees home with over 6,000 uh, pieces of technology, and and uh, put our you know wrapped the, wrapped them in our cybersecurity blanket, and we were running without missing a beat. And it was it was a pretty phenomenal exercise. We had planned for this, but on smaller scales, and to actually mobilize it across the entire company was was something to see. 
Um, and we've, we've, we've uh, maintained the priority on the health and safety of our employees throughout, throughout the pandemic. We, we are looking forward to the day, I guess, we're not looking to piecemeal our people back to work. Uh, we have tried that in a couple of, couple of areas and said, why don't we, if people want to come back in, let's let them come in. But the experience is so different than normal time experience where, where people could congregate and eat lunch together and, and, you know, just stop in the hallway and talk to somebody else. It's like walking around in a, uh, you know, kind of a, a very uh, sterile medical environment, and it doesn't feel much like the eerie culture. So we have we have battened down the hatches, and we in fact just told our employees uh, a couple of weeks ago that the first the earliest date at which we would return to our facilities would be February 1st. Um, we wanted to make sure that they understood that, that, that they were not going to be asked to come back uh, during the holidays, and in fact that that month of January. Um, would also enable them to get their, their students back in school again. And so we wanted to try and do that to support the employees. Um, and as far as, you know, when we come back, it's, it's, a, it's up in the air. Uh, we, you know, we, a couple things would have to happen. Certainly a vaccine would be helpful uh, in, in having it available at scale. But even uh, before a vaccine, if there's a more effective way to, um, to detect and to treat COVID, uh, and, to, and to make sure that we're doing an effective job of identifying who's really at risk, um, we would consider a return return to our offices. Um, but for as of right now, that's one of those uncertainties that we're dealing with. Now, timing-wise, um, you know that building that we we built, we love it. It's going to be done by the end of the year. It'll be ready for occupancy uh, before 12:31 of this year. Um, after a couple of months layoff uh, during during the beginning of the pandemic. We're excited to get into it. It is a it is a uh, work of art. It's a beautiful building. Our employees are going to have you know many good years there. Um, so we're we are in the starting blocks and chomping at the bit right now to get back. Well, we're all looking forward to seeing it. And I, you know, people ask me too about different organizations and the way they're coming back. And I and you know we're we're back here on campus. We've got remote learning. And what I tell people is this is highly complicated and you're dealing with a lot of different populations with different needs. So there's no single answer to this question, by the way, whether we're universities or others. It really comes down to the culture, what you're able to do, uh, the organization. Uh, but we're all hopeful that a vaccine starts to roll out by the end of this year and that uh, hopefully, you know, I think the estimates are, you know, February, March next year, hopefully uh, we start to see some more more normalcy. We're about to the end of our time, Tim. So I, I give you the, the last, uh, anything you'd like to add before we, we uh, end today? Yeah, I guess, Ralph, if, I, uh, if I'm talking to a student, I would say explore Erie while you're here, if you're from out of town, and really consider staying here. It's a great time to be here. Um, if you're a member of faculty or a Penn State alum who, who follows these podcasts uh, and you live in this region, uh, or if you don't live in this region, consider it. Uh, if you do live in this region, support what we're doing. There are ways you can help. Um, Erie's on the move, even in a pandemic, and, and uh, good days are ahead. Well, that is a great message to end on. Thank you for joining us, Tim. Again, my guest today is Tim Nicastro, the CEO and president of Erie Insurance. Great wisdom there. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Ralph. It's my pleasure to be here.